Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us before too long, and we will have conversation. Until then, you get me. So did you know that the Earth is spinning faster than it ever has? In fact, faster than it has in 50 years since we were able to measure this kind of thing. And it's causing each day to be just slightly shorter than 24 hours. And for For decades, it took the Earth actually slightly longer than 24 hours to complete the rotation. But since last year, it's been taking slightly less. And so why is that, do you think, huh? So on July 19th, 2020, the day was 1.4602 milliseconds shorter. Oof, that's a huge amount of time. 1.4602 milliseconds shorter than the full 24 hours, the shortest day since scientists began keeping records in the 1960s. Now, we're talking, you know, fractions, uh, you know, of a millisecond or one, one and a half milliseconds. So, you know, realize that this is a very, very, very short amount of time. So they are measuring this very, very accurately. Um, so we couldn't have been doing it for too long because, hey, you know, how do you measure to the millisecond, right? So, anyway, the shortest day since scientists began keeping records in the 60s. Similar to a leap year, timekeepers at the Paris Accords and International Earth Rotation Service have added what's known as a leap second to total 20, of 27 days since the 1970s, the most recent one occurring on New Year's Eve of 2016. Those few extra seconds help satellites and communication equipment correctly align with the solar time, which is determined by the position of the stars, the moon, and the sun. So, exactly what's causing this to happen? A 2015 study published by Science Advances suggests that it may be due to global warming. As glaciers melt, the redistribution of mass is making the Earth shift and spin faster on its axis. Think about when you, uh, you know, you're on a swing and you move your, uh, you, you kind of lean back and, and swing your legs forward and then pull yourself forward and tuck your legs underneath you. And that change of motion that you're making makes you swing faster and higher. Well... It's apparently the change of of ballast upon the earth as things uh, melt and move into the oceans that is affecting the uh, the the speed at which the earth spins. And it's possible that a negative leap second will eventually be needed to uh, to compensate, to get our clocks all in alignment with with the actual spinning of the earth and its position in space which is uh, you know, phenomenal. It's really very interesting when you think about it. On average, scientists say that the days are approximately a half second shorter than 24 hours. While this difference is only noticed at the atomic level, experts say that it can have a significant impact. It's possible that the need for a negative leap second might push the decision towards ending leap seconds for good, says uh, Huberly. Uh, that's the scientist who's... who's uh, reporting this research so it's kind of interesting you know that this the, we always think of things like the earth as, as the speed at which the earth rotates and stuff as fixed numbers but not only are they not exactly 24 hours but it's not a fixed number that it varies the earth speeds up and slows down you know um uh and so uh you know it, it has effects on things and when global positioning systems are based on very precise timing of stuff and they're out of sync with 
with actual time that can um, can have some effects on things in terms of like accuracy and and uh, positions on the ground. Although generally those are relative to each other, and so uh, if they're relative timing and change hasn't changed that's not going to affect us in ways that you and I would recognize but uh, for scientists it's pretty significant so uh, and I would imagine for people who are doing calculations for space travel which is something that uh, us and others around the world are doing that that may also have some significance to make sure that we uh, don't have somebody come back to an earth that's not in the right spot after they have been out in space um Although I imagine also that, you know, leap seconds or milliseconds of difference um, would not reposition. They wouldn't miss the Earth because of, of a timing of a, a fraction of a second, but they might not land in the spot they thought they were going to uh, unless we compensate. So anyway, interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Um, so there's a report that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West may be looking to divorce. Uh it's the, it says that, uh, um, you know, we're a few days into 2021 and it looks like Kim Kardashian plans to follow her her, her compass in a new direction this year away from West. Oh, yeah. Away from West. I, 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 somebody who wrote this is like, hey, um, but uh, I guess page six on The New York Times has said that they uh uh, and it hasn't been confirmed elsewhere. Um, and in fact, TMZ disagrees. Kardashian, her husband of seven years, uh, uh, and <laughs> and and sort of presidential candidate. Uh, yeah, this is this is kind of weirdly written. It's like all hokey. Um, apparently, there's one place reporting it. Nobody else has confirmed it, and it hasn't come out of the mouths of either of the two people involved. So, um, yeah, we'll see if anything happens there. Um, uh, you know, it's it's got to be a little trying being married to someone who uh, clearly has some some, um, you know, mental issues. And, uh, you know, I know that he he works on that and seeks help. And, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those issues where, um, uh, you know, they've been together for seven years and have children. So, you know, you think, well, why? now why why would that happen until i hear it from them i'm not going to believe it so uh yeah anyway it's one of those kind of things that's that irritates me as a news story because i don't like that kind of news i I don't care about you know so and so's private life and why should i why should i and so um you know the the fact that that it, it somehow hits a news page is is actually kind of irritating because uh, you know, I don't care if my neighbor's getting a divorce, much less if somebody, you know, who who's on television on a show that I would I've literally never watched. I, I uh, I've not sat and watched the entirety of any of those shows. I have seen them as I'm flipping around and, and or seen it on somewhere else for a few seconds. And uh, yeah, it's it's bleh. so, you know, bleh TV, um, the uh you know, the, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of watching, you know, um, as I say, a lot of the, the live television is, is dumb people behaving badly. Um, although I will also say in some cases it's smart people behaving badly and cashing big checks. So, uh, more power to them. Um, you know, they do what they need to, to make some money because that's how they make their money. So, 
So apparently, uh, China's Hebei province is enforcing stricter control measures following up uh, uh, further rises in coronavirus cases in the province, which is adjacent to Beijing, the capital, and is due to host Winter Olympics next year. The National Health Commission on Wednesday reported 20 more cases had been detected in Hebei, bringing up bringing the province's total uh, to uh, oh here's Aaron, 39 by the way. Hi Aaron. Hey, look at that. We can talk. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, well rested, apparently. Um, I'm sorry. I said well rested, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, for those who are who are listening here, I hadn't talked about it, but uh, I slept through my alarm this morning and then got up and called into the radio station, and somebody had changed something or unhooked something at the radio station, which. Aaron was unable to identify while she was, you know, broadcasting live. And so I wasn't on the radio station today. So, uh, uh, but I'm here. Got a hold of our um, uh, engineer, Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, uh, he said that there was another power surge last night. And when they turned uh-huh. the power off, our general manager must not have checked the board to make sure that all the pieces were working. You know, and when you right. have a power surge, when you have a bunch of electronic equipment, it's not a good thing at all. So, you know, who knows? Something right. may have been fried yeah. on that end. Yeah, yeah. And I know that they've got a much larger setup than I have here in my office, but that's one of the reasons that I have all of my office running off of a battery system. That uh, So I get uh, clean sine wave power coming out of my system um, and, uh, and, you know, kind well, of protect some of the electronics. Too. But, uh, it, you know, that's an expensive... Right, but that's an. I, I, I'm going on to say that you know that's an expensive f- proposition for a larger facility. You know, for me, I have have a much smaller setup, and uh, and so uh, you know it's a little easier for me to do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an investment that apparently needs to be made, given that they've had some some pretty fluctuous, fluctuous, inconsistently uh, powered <laughs> facility for yeah. a while. So what happened was last week a drunk driver hit the Edison um, like cabinet here at the radio station, like took it, mm-hmm. took the whole thing out, and Edison came through and and fixed it, and uh, but caused some other issues for KCAA when they did that, and um, anyway, so it, it's been yeah. that's what we're doing with because of this drunk driver. So it's the. Uh ramifications of that damage that that continue to reverberate and cause problems for the station which is endlessly frustrating now i noticed that on the docket uh, we had a a call-in guest were were they able to call in today no no and she was very understanding we're going to have her on next week um jennifer carter from oak tree learning center and Mm -hmm. i love having her on she's so knowledgeable and so um i love her 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 easy manner I love, you know, she's just, she's just awesome and a good friend. And so right. uh, thankfully we have a good relationship and I was able to say, yeah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Cool no, it. it's nice that she was able to do that and, um, uh, and that you were able to at least contact her because I tried calling in as well. And that occurred to me that if I'm calling in, she might not be able to, um, yep. but me, I, I couldn't call in, I couldn't Skype in. So something on the board wasn't set up or didn't, didn't reset well, properly. Yes, and um, apparently, so I talked to our engineer, and the way that we had the the board set 
before the phone should have worked. So there's some something else that maybe that was fried in the process that needs to be yeah. fixed. So yeah, that's that's what they risk is that you know not not having any any uh, means of protection or at least not a satisfactory means of protection is is that the equipment itself could be damaged. So it may be, you know, a not just a, um, uh, hey, something's not set right, but it could be something now no longer works because it, too much electricity went running through its its circuits. And so, yep. um, yeah, let's hope that that's not the case and that they can get everything going again promptly and, and uh, it'll be working again before long. But uh, anyway, I apologize to you for not even being up and ready to test it until, you know, a half hour after you had been on the air because... I just, I literally slept through my alarm and my alarm not only um, increases in volume as time goes by, uh, but it also flashes a strobe. And I woke up to my wife saying, aren't you supposed to be on the air? And I went, huh? And the, the, the strobe was still flashing and I was out. I was out cold. So. You evidently needed to sleep, Todd. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you have a, a, a sort of a cascading alarm that continues to get uh, louder and a flashing strobe going off in your room. Now, when I woke up, the alarm had timed out, so it was no longer making noise, but the strobe was still flashing because I had not gone over and just hit the button because I hit a button that resets both of them, but it's it's weird. Yeah. So, huh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope that that doesn't happen happen often. And it's like it's really weird that I was in such a deep sleep. I have a um, a sleep tracking app that I use, and I use um, a sensor. It's uh, branded by Beautyrest, um, and it sits underneath my mattress, and so it tracks when you're in uh, you know uh, mild REM sleep, deep sleep, and and light sleep, and and tells you what portion of your sleep is in each every night and and what times those occurred and uh and then offer suggestions for for getting better night's sleep and it's just something that I, you know i i like that kind of stuff and so you know the quantified body and so uh um, i'll be interested to check that a little bit later and see what it says about so my uh, Fitbit does the same thing and mm-hmm. i've just i've just started using that feature and my sleep quality is terrible yeah so you know like i am not in deep sleep for very long. Last night, I think it was an hour. The night before, it was eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, eight minutes is is extremely short. An hour is actually not bad. That's about average. Um, um, now, I, I I don't know specifically for your age and gender, but my my system is tied into an AI system that then gives you feedback as to how much and how good your deep sleep is. And I normally it's funny. I usually have a block of deep sleep when I go to bed. And then um, uh, a significant amount of um, uh, you know REM sleep later in the in uh, later in the in the sleep cycle. So closer to when I'm getting up, I'm having more REM sleep and almost no deep sleep in the last couple hours. That my deep sleep all usually occurs early in the evening or early after shortly after I get in bed. Looking at it right now, my right now my deep sleep uh, was cycling up and down in multiple. Cl- short clips much different than my normal sleep pattern and and i was i had been in deep sleep for it looks like about a half an hour prior to my wife waking me so uh so that half hour of when my uh, alarm was supposed to go off i apparently hit deep sleep and just didn't make it <laughs> yeah. oh you know it's, it's really it's really 
really interesting. Now, I can pay for, with my Fitbit, I can pay for um, their sleep package, and I think I might do mm-hmm. that, that will that will more thoroughly analyze right. you know, my sleep patterns and all of that. Um, I think part of it is that I'm, I'm really congested, and so I'm not, I'm not breathing well. Um, uh, you know, I'm certain that's it. And I do have sleep apnea. I know I do. And so um, uh, I'm sure that plays a role as well. And the best, you know, I, I, I need to get a new um, CPAP machine. Or not a machine, but a new, um, a new, uh, a new rigging for it. Um, and then start using it again. I think uh-huh. that will help. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things you can do, and like I said, the app that I use, or the the device and app that I use, um, I like them because, I mean, I can do it with my Apple Watch as well, um, but I don't, you know, then I have to wear a watch, and uh, and while I, like, if, if, if I'm traveling or something, and of course, you know, back when we used to travel, I would wear the watch on the nights that I didn't, uh, you know, that I wasn't sleeping at home, because I, um, uh, you know, that way I would get information on both and it's interesting that my sleep patterns would change somewhat when i slept in a different place uh you know sleeping in some you know uh, somebody's house or at a, in a hotel or something when i was traveling um but uh but i like the idea that the one uh, the 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 beauty rest system you know there's a sensor on my side of the bed there's a sensor on my wife's side of the bed and um uh you know we both get sleep information separate from each other i don't have to wear anything it happens automatically once i get into bed um, the only thing I have noticed is that, um, on occasion, if I go to bed, uh, well, I usually go to bed a little bit later than she does. Um, she, her movement will get picked up by my sensor. And for some reason, my sensor will think that I'm asleep before I really am. And so I have to go in and verify what time some, uh, you know, I check it. And if it said, you know, if it says I went to bed, uh, at X amount of time, I know what time I went to bed. And, so, and sometimes it says I went to bed a little earlier than I actually did because it's picking up her movement. So that's the only downside with it that I've found. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's real interesting to, uh, to, you know, just take a look at that stuff. I, you know, I don't know. It's not like it's, um, um, you know, I, I look at it sort of like some people would look at, uh, at, uh, you know, astrology or something in that it's interesting, but it's not, something that's going to drive my my habits very much i find it interesting and i and i watch it but i don't generally make a lot of changes based off of that um obviously it's i should say obviously you know it's it's based in science and or pseudoscience more than than astrology is but uh but you know it's not one of those things that i go like oh no my sleep site you know my sleep app says i didn't get this that or the other so now i need to go do x y and z um but it's very interesting, especially if I if I really felt like I had a bad night's sleep, I'll go check and see how that played out and why. And it's very interesting because I felt like I had a pretty good night's sleep, although I went to sleep pretty late last night. Um, and clearly my sleep pattern was disrupted. You know, I could just visually see the difference, which is interesting. So, you know, the, the challenge with sleep is that it's cumulative. So if you, even if you get one good night's sleep, you know, if you if you had if, if that was preceded by many many bad nights sleeps, poor nights of sleep, then um, uh, then you're still behind the eight ball. It takes a minute uh-huh. to catch up. Yeah. So, <sighs> which is yeah. which is frustrating. 
I, I struggle yeah. to sleep. Yeah, I do at times. Um, I generally sleep pretty good and pretty soundly. But it's it's like I said, it's interesting to look at like the, not just the amount of sleep, but the types of sleep and the patterns. Like usually, I have a uh, two blocks of deep sleep within the first couple hours of sleeping, and they are usually um, uh, half hour to forty five minutes each. So I usually end up with a little over an hour of deep sleep. And last night, um, two hours into it, I had my first bout of deep sleep, and it lasted like eight minutes. And I did, and then I woke, and then I had light sleep for a while, and then another eight minutes, then light sleep, then another eight minutes, then light sleep. So I cycled on and off for just little short little bits, and then I had two longer bits of deep sleep later uh, in the in the night and early morning. And the last one is literally when I was supposed to be waking up, and uh, yeah. I did wake up a little a little groggy and and clearly <laughs> clearly having slept through my alarm. So anyway, it is what it is. It's almost as exciting as talking about food, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but we're not the only ones who struggle with this, right? And yeah. so yeah. you know, it's it is sleep is you know, we used to and maybe they didn't sleep either. I'm assuming that they did. You know, we, we human beings had hard labor all day long, whether you were mm-hmm. inside, you know, um, baking bread and cleaning the house and, and taking care of, you know, doing laundry with a washboard, all of that. Or you were outside tending the fields or hunting or whatever right. you did. You get to the end of the day and you're physically tired. Your body yeah, a lot more tired. physicality in our day-to-day life in, in exactly. past historic so, times. I have to think that they slept better than we do. You know, yeah. because I sat at my in my I worked a really long day yesterday. I didn't finish mm-hmm. working until I went to bed, and so um, which was about uh, nine thirty. And so, right. um, you know, I, I I got up and walked around a few times, but I I didn't. That was it. I mean, it's not like I did physical labor. It was all in my head. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I I have to think that that impacts the quality of sleep. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, and. and... And mental work it can be exhausting and hard work as well, but it's not as physically taxing, you know. And so both take a toll on the body in different ways. You've also got to think about, like, you know, um, what was your food intake and what was the makeup of that food over the course of a day? And did you have any, you know, alcohol or, you know, a glass of wine with dinner? And all of those things can affect your sleep. And so, you know, you look at that and you try to tie it together. And that's that's one of those things that, you know, it's interesting to have a sleep tracking app, and I have an app that tracks, you know, I can input what I've eaten during the day if I want to, but it'd be interesting if there was, like, sort of one app that allowed you to put all of that stuff together and then draw conclusions. Like, I know most of these apps, on on at least on the iOS side, tie into Apple Health. So on Apple Health, I can see, you know, uh, the information. It's all gathered. But they don't have it like there's nothing tied into it there saying, um, you know, hey, we've noticed when you have, you know, eat this or when you're, act- you know, I'm wearing my Apple Watch so they know my activity level. We've noticed that when you're doing this or that, that you that this other thing is better or that it's worse or, you know. And so that and that's where I think it really becomes useful is when they take that data and actually now provide you information. Um, and right now you have to sort of extract all of that and draw conclusions on your own. And that's where that, you know, AI expertise or, or something would, would really come, uh, whether it's AI or just, you know, drawing conclusions from different patterns would, 
benefit us all, I think, more. And I think Apple's heading that way, but it's not really, you know, piled in in one thing. Like, um, I can go in, excuse me, like, um, you know, you burned an average of uh, X amount of calories a day over the X, past seven days. Uh, on the average, you're walking less this week than last week is what it's telling me. So there's, you know, there is some f- feedback, um, but but they haven't, they're still not pulling the whole picture together. So how long before health insurance companies get a hold of this data, you know, yeah. and, and adjust our premiums, et cetera, based on what our, all of the analytics are telling them? Yeah. Well, you know, there are some health insurance companies that are providing or giving you discounts if you wear a Fitbit because people who wear them tend to be more active just because they're aware of the fact that they're how active they are. So the very fact that you wear one makes you move around more on average. Um, I worry about that a lot with some companies uh, because, uh, you know, right now, as far as I know, most of them are saying, hey, this just helps. And so let's do this. It'll make you, you know, less likely to be sick and less likely to need to use our insurance service. And so, um, you know, it's a money saving thing for us to spend money on the front end doing something that'll help everybody be more active. But yeah, it's that's only a baby step away from, hey, and by the way, if we give it to you, then we get to see your data. Um, and initially it'll be, oh, well, we just get to see the metadata of lots of people so we can track general trends. And then eventually it'll be, hey, we noticed that you sit on your butt a lot, so we're going to raise your rates a little bit because that's an unhealthy behavior versus somebody who's up and moving around more. Um, and I think that that will probably start to happen. And I think that that's one of the reasons I support a company like Apple because they have gone way out of their way to make sure that as they implement each of these things that they really lock down on the security and allow you as an end user to control how much of that information or, or you know, they put you in the driver's seat. Your information is protected and kept on the device. It's not even put onto servers and sent out somewhere so nobody can grab it and, and get a hold of it. It's, you know, they put everything on device and it's encrypted there. And that's, you know, a, an attempt to to think about the security of that kind of information and the further implications of it. Um, I do think, though, that at some point we're going to see insurance companies say, well, you get rate A if you don't share your information, and you get rate B if you do share your information. And uh, and so a lot of people will go, eh, I'll just share my information with them. You know, everybody knows everything about me now, and it's just one more, you know, ding on the invasion of our personal privacy. Um, yeah. You know, unless the government steps in and says, you know what, that's a little too invasive. You know, because the insurance companies certainly are going to see that as a, you know, more perfect information about individuals in order to provide more individualized risk assessment. You know, and things like um, the Affordable Care Act um, and and other kinds of legislation along those lines will have to come into play to start saying, hey, you know, you big giant corporation that sells insurance don't need to have that that granular information about people. You're just going to have to uh, accept a certain amount of risk within your business model. But that's so, going to have to happen I, with legislation. And I wonder, I mean, if we, if the, so one of the, the Georgia Democrats um, running for Senate uh, won. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the preacher and his name just flew out of my head. Warnock? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, um, he and, he um, 
yeah, Warnock is the one that 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 uh, accepted the the win last night by fractions of a percent. Yes, well, and it's been called. It's been declared mm-hmm. this morning. Um, I say fractions of a percent. He was a couple hundred thousand votes still over the course of this. Yeah, you know, but it state, was so. it was it was very close. I mean, very oh, it was. close. Yeah, um, in fact, he the, was behind. For a good portion of the night, and you know he was ahead at the beginning, and then behind for a big chunk of the night, and then the, at the you know late wee hours, um, he they you know he he pulled ahead by a couple hundred thousand votes. So anyway, yeah. you were saying, I'm sorry, I cut you I, off. No, no, that's okay. Um, the uh, the other race is uh, very very close. Yeah, so, it's kind of a dead know, heat that... when I went to bed. Yeah, it's still a dead heat as of this morning, or it was as of an hour ago. And so, yeah. um, you know, if that one goes to the Democrat, and it might. I mean, you know, it could go either way at this point. If that one goes to the Democrat, I wonder if we might see a, a more robust public option or public, you know, um, uh, health care option. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Uh, becoming the law of the land they will have the they'll have both houses of of congress and they'll have the presidency and this has been a goal this um uh single-payer health care has been a goal of theirs for a very long time and so you know they they'll have the means to make it happen and so i wonder if it will become a reality Mm -hmm. yeah i'm trying to see if i can get actual numbers here but they show uh, 50.2% of the vote for Ossoff and 498 for Purdue at this point, which equates to a difference of about uh, 17,000. Crazy, right? That's 17,000 over the course of uh, how many million votes are in. And that's with 98% of the precincts counted. So uh, they're... Uh, they're uh, state registrar voters basically when they called it last night and went home and said we're just we're done they said that maybe by noon today they think they would have it all finally wrapped up and be complete um, and that's for both but the, the other one had had you know a couple hundred thousand vote lead and so that was enough to that most um, most news places called it and said yeah that one's not they can't catch him. Although now that I'm looking at it, it is about sixty, little twenty, uh, about fifty-four thousand votes difference. So that one also is still inc- incredibly tight. Um, so yeah, the news, the news people can call it, but you know, tell that to Dewey. Uh, you know, they. So so we'll see what you know what you know, I mean. Uh, sixty-four thousand votes is still. You know, with with two percent of the vote not counted yet, um, that can still change too. So we'll see. It can, and you know, you know today t- today is the day that the Senate is going to certify the election, and I wonder what kind or, or of shenanigans not. Are, or not. <laughs> well, I hope that they do. I hope yeah, you know, Mark, Mike I do Pence. Too. Mike Pence pushed back on the president and said, "I don't have the power to overturn this election, Mr. President," and he doesn't. Yeah. And I'm glad that he said that. Um, because the president has been falsely saying that that you know that that um, that Pence can do that, and and you right. know if you think about it, if the vice president had the power to um, you know throw an election out, essentially, it disenfranchises mm-hmm. every state's votes, and and the yeah. the uh, electing a president has always been the purview of the states. So it is not the federal government doesn't have a say. The states have a say in who becomes the president. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. V- well, and no one individual gets to say, you know, it's, no. it's, um, you know, it, it, the, the smallest, most granular thing we get is, is electors that represent each state in, you know, proportion to the number of representatives and senators that we have. I mean, that's the way it's done. Um, yes. and, and the state uh, gets to, gets to, the state itself decides how those electors are apportioned. And, right. you know, that happens on, on a state by state basis. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know, I just it just scares me that if 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 the Republicans got their way or I should say the the Trump Republicans got have their way in in, in doing this, the Trumpicans, um, you know, think about the precedent that sets yeah. uh, the, of the vice president being allowed to overturn an election. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know. The this president has has shown little um, regard for anything that is based on tradition, right? But this or time even he's the run up. Let's be honest, right? Well, the well, well, yeah. Well, I was going to say at this point, you know, he's running up against not just tradition, but uh, you know, actual constitutional law, and yes. you know, the, the, he he can push. He can throw away. It, it was, I think, a little shocking to how many to a lot of people to see how many um, uh, how many means of doing things within our government were based on tradition that Trump just chucked. Um, but when he when he actually pushes up against law, then, you know, the courts push back, the, the Congress pushes back, um, you know, hopefully the the people will also at some point push back and say, you know what? If you don't like the way that works, then get a consensus and change the law, which is, you know, what the what the Supreme Court has said several times. Um, you know, that's that's the purview of the of the Congress. And and uh, and that's the way we work here. And, um, yeah, the idea that the vice president can just, you know, when the senators are convening to certify the the electors results, go, eh, nah, we're not going to do that one. We're going to yeah. pick something. You know, <laughs> we'll go a different way. <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work that way. That's not how it goes. You can't do that. So yay for Pence for standing up, you know. And he's he's one of the only people in the administration and uh, in the executive branch who can look the president in the eye and say, you know, Mr. President, suck it. You know, you can't fire me. Uh, exactly. I was elected. Ju- I was elected just like you. And That's right. uh, you know, uh, and to have the the. Um, integrity to do that you know and obviously he didn't say it phrase it like that he's a very gentlemanly man um you know and it's funny i saw some some uh thing about you know him 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 and his chances for 2024 and i have no doubt as a vice president he's probably going to run in 2024 um you know he's a very gentlemanly man he does not strike me it shocks me that he's a politician at all because he just strikes me as very non-political kind of guy he just doesn't you know there's not a whole lot of like um charisma there i think that's that was the main criteria in selecting him as uh for uh, from trump was i don't want anybody that's got any chance of ever outshining me in any way shape or form let me go find the most milquetoast personality i can and he picked a guy who by all accounts is a really 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 nice guy but yeah, he doesn't come off to me as somebody who has um, a whole lot of uh, charisma or personality, so I can't see him running for president. But, you know, uh, I've been proved wrong before. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, there apparently when he was governor of Indiana, um, he 
he enacted some laws or did some, he, obviously he, he made some decisions. He doesn't, he's not, he wasn't the legislator. Right. wasn't, you know, he was, uh, the governor that made yeah. the LBGTQ, um, community very unhappy i'm not right. you know, i've not gotten straight answers about what he actually did they just say that he was anti-lgbtq okay uh -huh. well how and i've asked a lot of people and they say well i i'm i don't really remember but i know he wasn't good well right. okay that's not terribly helpful but thanks yeah yeah <laughs> i mean did he actually do anything or did he just use rhetoric that was very you know faith-based which which in in some interpretations means that that it's difficult for people who uh, of certain you know flavors of faiths to accept that there might be somebody who's you know in that LGBTQ community, um, you know it's it's um, it, and I say that you know because words do have meaning and words do have effect, but sometimes you know you get rhetoric in one way, but when you actually look at what people do, I mean that's one of the the actually I would say positives that's come out of the Trump presidency is that, you know, his rhetoric has been a constant stream of verbal vomit, but, uh, you know, his, his, his actions haven't been as horrific as people might think. Um, you know, they're, they're, or I should say at least the results of his actions. He certainly has done things that are, um, you know, wouldn't have been perceived presidential prior to him doing them. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he nonetheless has done them, and sometimes the effect has been a positive net effect that, that you know, has helped. We, I mean, we like like a lot of people have pointed out, you know, we had a, a you know, just full-speed-ahead economy going on until COVID hit. And, uh, you know, whether you attribute that to your president or not, it, it was, uh, you know, under his watch that things, you know, continued to get better. We've had a record-high stock market, and... Uh, um, you know, that, uh, you know, he's going to get credit for that. So, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> but I do characterize his, his steady stream of, of, uh, of, um, rhetoric as, as, you know, a, a waterfall of verbal vomit for sure. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, you know, the, Trump allies are planning to object some of the states uh, to mm -hmm. some of the state's election results. But the way I understand the um, the election law is as far as, you know, negating an entire state's election um, mm -hmm. is a very big deal. So you have to show you have to show that there was and prove that there was significant fraud involved. Um, right. Otherwise, you have no grounds to um to do anything you have to certify so yeah you know i will this be just it'll probably just be symbolic i can't imagine that there'll be enough of them to make a difference yeah well i i can't either and and quite honestly um you know i have yet to have read or seen anything that identifies any actual proof that that anything untoward happened because you know i mean it's it's all been here's what we think happened or you know this guy who who nobody knows has this proof, but I haven't seen it come out. You know, it's not actually been put under the, the scrutiny of the light of day. It's all just rumor and innuendo about what did or didn't happen and how things were, you know, air quotes, stolen. Um, and uh, uh, I, 
I have seen nothing that sways me one way or the other, and I, I'm incredibly disappointed that some of our elected officials are actually going to go, you know, take a stand and say this this was a, a, a stolen election. Um, you know, if they've got actual proof on that, then, you know, bring it to the Senate floor, um, state it publicly and let everybody see it. Um, quit, you know, stomping your feet and pounding your desk and saying it's not fair, it's not fair. You know, you you lost. So, deal with it. Huh. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I hope that, I mean, they're expecting lots of protests. I hope they don't turn into riots. I hope they don't, I mean, I, I hope people behave themselves. It's time to grow up. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. I agree. Well, and, you're, and these people are elected leaders, and so they need to, to actually lead instead of behaving like petulant little children, um, you know, and, 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 you know, quit making decisions based on political calculations as to, you know, which block of voters you might like or dislike, and just go do the right thing. You do the right thing, and enough people will follow you, and if you can justify why you're doing the right thing, people will, will follow you. You know, you can say, hey, I did this and here's why I did it. And if you, you know, if you can, if you can tell your, your constituency, you know, that, then, then, you know, you can get people on board. Be a leader. Quit being a, a scared little mouse, you know, because um, I, I really think that's the motivation from a lot of the politicians is the idea that, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, there's these people that follow Trump. And if Trump, you know, doesn't perceive that I'm supporting him, he's going to turn all these people against me because he's got a large audience, you know, and, well, yeah, and I might. think you run that risk. Yes. Um, the thing about it is the Republican party has not figured out that they need to broaden their tent and, and, you know, this, this constantly playing to the base, playing to the base, playing to the base. It's, it's, you know, it's not working. So they need, mm -hmm. it, I think that day has come and gone. Um, it's left left a deeply divided country, and the, both the Democrats and the Republicans do this. Um, right. And I, they need to stop. It, create, start, start building coalitions. Start making friends. Start yeah. working with the other side. This, what we're doing now is not is not helping. It's not working. Right. Well, and very specifically within the Republican um, base, there are a bunch of people who are not um, traditional Republican voters, they are Trump voters. And that's the fear, I think, for a lot of Republican um, politicians is, you know, there's a chunk of that base that will will go and follow Trump. And and if you're not a, if, if you if you alienate that group or if the um, president turns that group against you because he perceives some slight then you could be out of a job. And so politicians on the Republican side are walking a real fine line because the president wields a lot of power amongst the voters right now. Um, you know, and, and the, a lot of those voters, when Trump is not on the ticket or not, you know, uh, actively involved in politics, aren't going to vote at all. Um, or, or you might be able to sway them to vote for you. But, but uh, you know, the thing is, is even if Trump's not elected, he's still going to sway a lot of that power because he's not going to shut up. And so, you know, a year from now or two years from now, he's going to have a huge impact on the in on that, you know, election of senators and congressmen, because 
you know, he, I don't know that he'll bring a lot of positives, but if he, if he brings, if he, if he, if he stumps for you, you will get a, a chunk of people that are, are Trumpists more than they are Republicans. And, and it's, it's a significant, significant enough amount of people that, that, that Republican politicians are, you know, stuck paying homage to Trump because if you get on his bad side, you're going to lose a lot of votes. Yep. It's just a, it's a real sticky situation when you've got that charismatic of a leader, um, you know, at the top of your party. So that will be our final thought because we are out of time. It's such a happy thing to say. Yeah. I'm sure we'll I have talk much too more much. to talk about tomorrow uh, about, uh, you know, the certification and I will have the Georgia results. Yeah. So, you know, stay tuned, folks. Yeah, let's hope that we have Georgia results, right? Last thing we need is another one of those. Although both of these seem so close, do you think that they're going to have to do recounts and that they'll have to do hand counts? I don't know what the Georgia rules are. I don't know. I don't know that they're that close. I don't know that they're close enough for that to be the case. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what triggers that. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll find out tomorrow. Stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.